and you are maybe been feeling like indigestion or bloating or IBS and like there's like knots and things and often we think oh it's food it's gluten it's this but actually it's just trapped emotion or trapped trapped energy inside our body Welcome to the Money, Mindset, and Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Marley Rose Harris, and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a little side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show inspires you to do the same and start manifesting everything on your vision board. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, welcome back everyone to the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast. This week is a very special episode because we have a very special guest. And I'm so excited today. Today we have Phoebe Greenacre. And I'm so excited because Phoebe and I met in Bali at the beginning of the year, or it was, it was New Year's, it was New Year's. And um, I remember we met through a mutual friend and Camille's like, oh, you're going to love Phoebe. You know, you two are like, you're just going to have so much to talk about. And then I was like, okay, I can't wait. And then when we met, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my person. Like, you know, just talking about business, you know, I think you were doing like a underwater, like I, I can't, free diving thing when I met you. I was like, okay, this feels cool. So I'm so honored to have you here today. I'm so excited. So welcome, Phoebe. Thank you so much for coming to onto the show. Thank you, Molly. And the uh, uh, admiration is uh, reciprocated. <laughs> so for everyone who, you know, maybe it's the first time meeting you, what what's your story? You know, what brought you to Bali? Um, what's your, tell us more about your biz. Just give us all the things, Phoebe. Yeah. I have a long story. I'm about to turn 38 this week. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Woo! Um, but my my story starts as I wanted to be a Japanese speaking spy. Um, I wanted to work in international espionage. And then at 12 years old, I started studying Japanese for 10 years. And I studied at uni, at university, like I think that's you call it college. I did a business degree and I just really were like, I was like, yeah, I desired to live a like international life, a life that was like really unique to, you know, the the average Australian. Um, I wanted to travel the world and yeah, I kind of, I realized um, after graduating and after studying that for so long that I didn't want to move to Japan and, and live in a little shoebox and continue like teaching English or, you know, continued my studies there. So I dived into a 10 year journey uh, of corporate marketing in Australia. And I know, you know, you know, a little bit about Australia because you lived there for a little bit. So some brands I worked for was Napoleon Purtis, which is the uh, makeup brand, um, Kentiki, which is a travel brand, and then David Jones, which is Australia's like prestigious uh, department store. So 10 years of hustling, thinking I wanted to wear a corporate suit and the stilettos. I had a lot of Devil Wears Prada movements with with my bosses. And I realized just before I turned 29 that I'd spent most of my 20s saving, working, hustling and saving so that I could spend all my money on travel. I had a little goal. I wanted to do 30 countries before I was 30. 
So I did that along with, like yourself, a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, a lot of just like, I suppose, unconsciously going through life, um, you know, focusing on the things like more money so I could travel more, so I could buy more, so I could have a pretty dress for the weekend. And I was a devote yogi as well. So I did have a spiritual side to me. Um, I had been studying yoga or practicing yoga since I was 15. So it's nearly like, well, like 20 years or more that I've been practicing yoga. And I hit 29. I hit my Saturn return. I have a breakup, an abortion, uh, like penniless. I'm on my sister's couch, um, about to have my 30th birthday here in Bali. And I was like, how did I get here? Why do I feel so broken? Um, and I just didn't think that this is where my life would turn out. So a chain of events, I quit my job. I thought I would live with my boyfriend and start my business. He broke up with me. I felt pregnant. Like so many things collided to really uh, shake me up. And I found myself at like the rock bottom of my life. Um, I remember like being so sick from heartbreak that I was vomiting in the toilet from literally having a broken heart and realizing that um, the only way up from here, like the only way to go from here is up. So like there's nothing else that could happen that um, would bring me much further down. So I started my entrepreneurial journey, even though despite all of my friends and family to say, you need to go back to uh, like a six-figure marketing director job because that's kind of like the what I was playing in the field. Um, but I was like, no, I, I have that taste of freedom, even though I'm poor and broken and um, penniless and soulless kind of thing that I knew that I wanted this freedom lifestyle. I knew I wanted to travel more. I knew I wanted to like find like what it was that was going to light me up. Um, so I book a one-way ticket to London um, and sell all my things, sell my, my car, all of the belongings I own. I sell it like some markets. I had started an agency, like a marketing agency. I left that business with, uh, an ex partner, uh, business partner and just like, yeah, wanted a new adventure, wanted a new chapter. And that's when I kind of landed into London, single, ready to mingle. I had a travel blog. Um, I'd been to 30 countries um, before I was 30. So I had this like little tagline. I would email like hotels and um, and retreat centers and lots of things to get like a lot of press trips. This is back in the days, like eight years ago. This is before the influencer, in, influencer boom and like the blogger boom and the travel blogger boom kind of thing. So um, I was able to establish myself as a wellness and travel blogger in London um, and go on lots of free trips while hustling on the side to be, you know, social media manager and branding person and building websites for people. So like a, a branding and website consultant on the side. Um, and yeah, at the same time, I re retrained as a yoga teacher, as a somatic therapist, as a meditation teacher. Um, and it was these two polarities of like entrepreneurship and adventure and travel and spirituality and diving deeper into my own healing of healing from that broken heart or from that rock bottom. Was I able to uh, create a pathway to where I'm at now? That's eight years later of where I get to help women 
they'll do the same, create a business they love through a pathway of healing. And um, whether people come to me for healing, they end up maybe quitting their job, breaking up with their boyfriend and creating a business. Or some people come to me for creating a business that they love that I, you know, work with the chakras, work with energy healing, work with human design so that people can come alive. So long story short, um, I'm here to help people come alive. And that's why my podcast is called Consciously Alive. My business coaching is Consciously Alive CEO. It's all about creating a life that lights you up. Long story. Oh my gosh. No, no, it was perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. And there's a bunch of things in there I didn't even know. So I was like, wow. And it's so inspiring of just, you know, hitting that rock bottom and really, I think you could say made the most (laughs) out of that situation, which is where you are today, which is so inspiring. So my question um, off of that is when you first started and how did you get realigned and how did you discover what your passion was, what you found now, you know, helping people come alive? How did you realize that was your passion? Yeah, good question. I think it was definitely a journey. So my, my, my stepping stone was 10 years of marketing. So I stepped out thinking I would create a, well, I created a marketing agency and supported other like startup um, entrepreneurs and founders with their marketing side of their business. I then created an activewear brand in London called Silu London. And so most of my London journey was creating this brand, um, a sustainable luxury activewear brand, which helped women feel better when they were working out and it inspired them. You know, when we went, when they put it on, I wanted them to feel like the most sexiest, powerful version of themselves so that they would go and, you know, fill up their cup with exercise or movement. Um, and it was along that journey that I was studying also. I'm always studying. I'm always training. I'm always like up-leveling and growing. Um, it was through the somatic therapy training that I realized that I was chasing, I was chasing something that was never going to fill me up. And mm. you can be, you know, we, we got into Selfridges, which is like a department store in London, into Equinox, into goop into soul cycle and these were like amazing pinup like like status kind of like oh my god you're like this is amazing like you must be so happy and really at the core of it was like no matter where we are or how much we're making or what what I'm selling that's never going to fill me up and it was through the somatic therapy journey and through my um you know, my more of my spiritual energy healing side that I realized that focusing on myself and focusing on my healing journey was actually what made everything make sense. Like I got clearer on my values. And when I realized that my values weren't in alignment with what I had created in my business, I knew that I had to like step away from it. And I knew that I had to follow those values. So like you, my number one value is freedom. It's flexibility. It's um, fulfillment. So I call it the triple F factor. So, and mm. whenever I get a, a partnership or like a, a business offering or something, I make sure that all of those three Fs are like ticked. So if someone was like, do you want to work every Monday, like nine to five um, for this company or for this consultant job or whatever? I was like, 
like my body would contract and it meant that like every month, you know, it was like against flexibility. It was against my freedom. Maybe it gave me some type of fulfillment, but I had to say no to that because it was like a, a, a full body no when, <laughs> when, when that would come up. So listening to my intuition and becoming um, a deeper like partnership with my inner knowing have I been able to help find my why? And, and it's, it's an unraveling. Like we have to unravel all of the layers and the masks that we wear, that we've been taught to wear, like be a good girl, earn lots of money, like travel, you know, all of these things that we strive for. I had to pull down all of those things. I had to become the most vulnerable version of myself to then consciously be like, this is for me. These is my why. This is my values, and stand by them. Because we can we can have choose our values. But my my value is freedom, or my values are sustainability. But then you continually choose things like partners, companies, jobs that are against your values. You're showing the universe that actually you you're not standing in integrity. So as soon as I was able to stand in integrity about lots of different decisions around my values, um, that I think that's how I become like more illuminated with my why and my purpose. And I think it's still unfolding. Like as I come closer to my 40s and like we're in the process of, you know, starting a family, my why I know will change. And that's a beautiful acceptance of being a fluid, feminine human being and that we don't have to be one thing forever and we don't have to be one in one place forever or with one partner forever like I'm married but I know that I'm going to continue to grow and change and flow and um, I'm going to invite that energy in with um, my journey who who are those people that are going to come along with me Um, and I'm yeah not ruling out becoming a monk you know just like going with the flow, keeping the things that light me up. And if it doesn't light me up anymore, let them go with grace. Mm, Did I answer your I question? I love that. Yes, absolutely. It was so beautiful. I'm like over here just like nodding the whole time. <laughs> um, you mentioned your healing journey. And a lot of people that listen to this podcast are also, you know, self-healers are also on their own healing journey. And what are some standout stars, maybe the standout modalities that stick out to you most that have impacted you on your healing journey? Yeah, so I've had like uh, non-negotiables, like movement for me is a non-negotiable. I've studied yoga. I've done like more than 600 hours of yoga study and that's been a non-negotiable for me. But my somatic therapy journey... I didn't know that I was choosing it, but it chose me. I did an advanced level teacher training in Greece one year, and there was it was a duo. There was a yoga teacher who I had followed for a while um, who had used somatics and psychology in her yoga trainings. But there was another guy who was a doctor. who was uh, His name's Dr. Scott Lyons, and he was a osteopath, somatic therapist, mind-body practitioner. Like, I think he had like six degrees. And I think he's like younger than me. And I was like blown away by these different modalities that he combined into 
movement and self-inquiry within the container of like teaching yoga. And I was like, this makes so much sense. I, I felt like I had unraveled so many more layers of my conditioning, my programming, my putting on a brave face, my masks. And I had somatic therapy one-to-one with him during this time. And I was like, it, ha- it was like doing 10 years of therapy. Um, it was, it, it kind of skipped past the mind stuff because in somatics therapy, soma is the word for the living body. So somatics is meaning using the living body um, to, to, to heal or using that as therapy. So rather than thinking about all the thoughts in your head, like, why is this happening? I feel this, I'm depressed. Like it's all in the head, drop into the body and use the body as the vehicle for healing. So when I was going through, um, you know, like a, a deep darkness, rather than thinking about it, because emotions last in our body for 60 to 90 seconds, and that's it. Scientifically proven, neuro- neurologically, they are released. But us as adults and humans, that we get so smart about like living, that we attach ourselves to the story. So you'll be like, oh, I got broken up with. I'm so sad. Like, I'm so lonely. I'm alone. Oh, I got broken up with. Like, and you go in this loop and it's a never ending loop of suffering. So when I have clients, I ask them, where do you feel that in your body? And I close down their eyes and they're like, oh, I have this blackness around my heart. And that's the ent- entrance into the trauma. And that's the entrance into the place of healing of where we start the healing journey. We drop out of the head because the heads, we have 80,000 thoughts a day. So if we try to attach ourselves to the story, to the thoughts, you're never going to get anywhere. It's an an endless, like infinite kind of battle. So when you drop down into your body and you get out of the head, the body then shares the story of where it's like, where the trauma is uh, manifesting or where the trauma is like, where the body remembers. And so our body is like a blueprint of our life and we can be carrying many traumas or many memories or many kind of um, parts of our life that we're carrying around. And until we access in our body, we hold on to it. So using somatic therapy as a way to release um, sadness, anger, all the different emotions, but also the things that have happened to you that you may not even think is there. Um, it's an opportunity to dive deeper into your body to release to release that from your body, um, which has been super powerful, which is why I continue to, to study with Dr. Scott Lyons for an extra, like I did 300 hours for the first and then another 200 hours of the somatic therapy healing. Um, and that's what I kind of, that was the most transformational kind of um, healing that I did. And that's why I continued to to learn. And now I integrate that into my business coaching, but I also integrate it into my um, healing library. It's like a Netflix of healing called the self-care space so that people have, you know, not everyone can afford therapy and not everyone can afford that luxury. So the self-care space is a daily place where people can come and reconnect, dropping from the mind into their body and connecting with their emotions and allowing that a sacred space for release. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been the most powerful modality for me so far. 
on my journey. And I've, I've tried everything. Like I've tried <laughs> taking mushrooms with, um, with acupuncture at the, in the one session, um, like in a medicinal purpose, um, you know, lots of uh, like plant medicine, combining the medicines, chakra healing, Reiki healing, like all of it. I'm here for it all. Um, but somatic therapy has been the long lasting, like it's, it's the one that's made the most pivotal like changes and like long-term changes. Wow. So I know you touched on it a bit, but could you describe kind of like what is somatic therapy and what would a session look like? Yeah. So somatic therapy is, again, it's body-mind connection. So it's connecting with the story that you're telling yourself or you're telling your therapist, but then you're connecting it with where it is in the body. And then you you take a journey in through that space in the body to then be able to release it. Because if, say, for an example, I take you into some pain or grief, you're like, I'm really like suffering about A, B, and C. And why I take it into your belly and you're like, it's all in my belly. And then I ask you to define it a little bit more. So like texture, the color and all sessions look different, but that would be like an entry point. And you had maybe been feeling like indigestion or bloating or IBS and like, there's like knots and things. And often we think, oh, it's food, it's gluten, it's this, but actually it's just trapped emotion or trapped, trapped energy inside our body. And only when we can release the emotion does then the the discomfort or the dis-ease leave the body as well. Um, that that looks like a simple, like, um, not simple, but like uh, talk therapy session. But there's also other elements of somatic therapy. There's sounding, there, so using the, um, the modality of sound. There is a breathing, so moving, using the modality of breath. Um, there's also using the modality of movement. So um, some of my clients that see me regularly or that have done my Decoding You course, so they know a little bit, they know deeper of like the somatic therapy process. I may get them to, if we find that there's like anger inside this their belly and it's all tangled and it's red, and I would ask them to then uh, move from that place, like let the anger move them. And I would set up a container in their room or a container outside where we're doing the session so that they can then move from that space and let the anger move them. Um, And from that space only then do you see like what you've actually been holding on to and you let it express. Maybe it's screaming, maybe it's hitting a pillow, maybe it's like like just literally free movement, like moving from... um, from from the belly from that anger it might look like crying it might look like be like laying on the ground rocking but you've you've completely dropped out of their head and you're not thinking about the story anymore you're just literally focusing on what's happening in the body and from that space is where what like powerful shifts i've seen in um in my clients you guys i have something so freaking exciting to tell you about so on March 14th, I'm going to be hosting free money coaching and you're invited. <laughs> this is the year to rewire our finances, to become a vibrational match for abundance, to grow our wealth 
And if you're not there yet, there's just something that you don't know. And I am going to be teaching you guys how to make more money, how to attract more money, how to heal debt, all those things that you've been wondering and struggling with and trying to move through consciously. I'm going to teach you how to get to the root cause of your money beliefs and heal them and rewire them so you can be a match for the abundance and money that you desire. These are all the tools, all the ways that I've gone from making $2,000 a month to over $50,000 a month. (laughs) And I know it sounds crazy, but literally once you figure out the energetics of money and figure out what is, you know, potentially blocking you from receiving that abundance, it's like Niagara Falls that flows through. Anyways, I'm so excited. So join me on March 14th for free money coaching. I'm sharing it here first in the pod. I'm so excited to tell you about it. So the link will be in the bio to get one of your spots. There's going to be limited spots. So make sure you get one of these spots to join me. And I'm so excited to help you rewire your money. All right, back to the episode. Wow, that sounds amazing. Um, I actually have never done one of those sessions. So I definitely need to check that out. Um, so would you recommend this type of therapy for someone? Like, is there a specific reason why people come to you for this therapy? Or is it really just for like general healing? Yeah, so a lot of the people that have come to me one-to-one, um, I get a mixture. There's people that have never tried healing before. And this is their first foray into therapy. And they just feel connected to my body-based healing. Um, but there's also been people that have come to me, they've like, they've been in therapy for five years and they're just stuck because they're in a loop and nothing, they don't get anywhere. They don't, they don't feel like they're being helped. And so the somatic therapy that I offer is I don't want you to be in therapy for five years. Like I want you to come for maybe 10 sessions and then you have had the power to actually learn how to self-heal and self-soothe and self-regulate because most of us have not been taught how to regulate your emotions. We've not been taught how to express them healthily. We've not, we've been told we've, we've, there's some emotions that are shamed. There are some emotions that like, oh, that's acceptable. Like you're allowed to express that, but only in this type of way. Um, so when once you start to learn how to regulate your emotions and learn how to feel anger like so a simple example like when i feel angry or frustrated i will close my eyes rather than like you know banging things or yelling it so taking it out on your partner um I will uh, allow myself to close my eyes and just feel like the sensations of like the heat rising across my chest, like the tension around my neck and allow myself to drop into the sensations and focus on the sensations. Because when I drop into the sensations, they run their course, the 30 to 90 seconds, it runs its course and then it kind of fades away and lets go. Whereas if you were to like, keep playing the story, like why you're angry, like why this has happened, like you're going to keep looping. And a great example is when you see a a toddler and they've fallen over or they stub their toe and they cry and they scream and they let it out. And then literally they're like, oh, puppy dog. And they literally walk off, wipe their tears away and they're over it. And they don't come back in two, two, like two weeks time being, oh, remember that time I tripped over and like I cried and like that's really like stopped, you know, 
they don't they they don't hold on to the story. They are they let it out. They they live through the trauma, like they let it out, and they also are able to process it without people saying, "Oh, don't cry, don't this." Like they don't care because they don't understand any other way of expressing the emotion, and then they don't then carry that around. It's like it's it's left their body. They're on to the next thing. So. If you're at home listening like, oh, I just want to be more like a toddler, then this is your permission slip. Um, allow yourself <laughs> to express your emotions um, without hurting anyone else. Just allow that to move through you. And one of the great things is to be able to drop into the sensations, drop into the tear rolling down your face, drop into the hot, sweaty, like, oh, I can't swallow um, sensation. When you can do that, that's when you're dropping out of the head and you're dropping out of the story and into the body and then let it work through its process. And then you're like, huh, after a cry, you're like, huh, feel so much better because I let it out. Oh, Phoebe, this is so amazing. And so many people are going to benefit from this. I know I am. And I think it's just so easy what when, especially when you're going through the motions and going through the day, you know, something comes up and it's like, oh, I'll just worry about that later or, oh, that was so upsetting, but I'll just deal with that later. So really, this is your permission slip today to, you know, don't, don't deal with it later. Like, don't let it, you know, embed into your body. Feel it, move through it and heal from it. Um, so what are, if people are at home and they want to try, you know, this, is there what are your favorite tools to self-healing, you know, besides something that someone can just try at home, you know, maybe mm-hmm. without any, like without any teachers or just like on their own time? What are some, what's your number one favorite? Yeah. So there's lots of different things. One, one thing that's like quite interesting and quite um, maybe like you've never tried that before is like getting a pack of colored pencils or like markers. And when, after, like maybe after you experience an emotion, to help you process it um, and drop into the body, close your eyes and, you know, drop into the sensation of where the emotion is without any judgment or without any like, this is wrong or I shouldn't be feeling this or this is, you know. And I love drawing um, how I feel. So it might be like you get the black pen and you're like scribbling or you like maybe it's red or maybe it's like it's a beautiful like fire and it's very like, um, you know, intricately drawn, but expressing through color. I in my in my decoding you self healing course, some of the tasks I give people is to have an outline of a body and like draw where the pain is, because your pain is never mm-hmm. in the head. <laughs> like when you're like, oh, I have a broken heart, and you're thinking about what happened to you. It's it's here. It's in the heart. Or when you feel sick about something or you feel nervous, like it's not in the head, it's in your belly or it's in like, I have butterflies here. So Mm. that's a real, even if you don't have colored pencils at home, but like think about where is the pain or where is the suffering or where is the feeling in the body rather than focusing on the the story because the story is just going to loop on like a broken record. So that is just a little simple tip. Um, definitely what I was saying before is like feeling into the sensation, like feel into the tears rolling down your face, feel into the tightness in your chest and know that it's only going to be 90 seconds. 
So maybe Mm. you set an alarm or like a little timer on your iPhone and just be like, I know that you are going to be okay. Know that 90 seconds is going to pass and you can do this. Like we know that we can do hard things. It's not the most comfortable thing to be in discomfort, but we can only heal through feeling. So healing happens through feeling. It doesn't happen through numbing, masking, you know, take drinking, shopping, all of those things. We try to mask our emotions or eating. Um, eating happens through feeling and sometimes it's it's hard, but just know that you have done hard things. You will do more hard things and you will, we will come out on the other side. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm going to try that next time I'm angry. I'm going to get out. I got my pens right here, my markers, my colored markers, and I'm going to do that. Thank you so much for that tip. I love that. Um, Okay, let's pivot. Let's pivot right over to entrepreneurship. So like I said, I met Phoebe in Bali. And, you know, a lot of people are like probably asking you all the time, like, Phoebe, how did you do this? How did you move from London to Africa to Bali? It's like, you know, you've been traveling these past years and it's been so exciting. And I know based off your story, you know, you did just take a leap recently, which was selling your activewear business and moving, I think, right after to Kenya, if I have the story right. So what was kind of was there a specific thing that you heard? Was there a mantra that you were using? What kind of brought you, what is that thing that you live by that allows you and inspires you to take those leaps and, and trust in the faith? Is there something overarching that is always the thing that you're like, okay, I'm doing it because of this. Is there anything that inspires you and motivates you that way? I think there's loads of things, but I think because we just had our uh, interview just before on the podcast, like a lot of the things you said, like life is short. Do the thing that lights you up. Just do it. Like if you want to start a business, like build the website, like be messy. Like don't, it doesn't need to be perfect and just start small. I'm a big believer of a baby step. So if I was to think back, like when I just moved to London, I had no, no, I didn't have a network there or a company or um, a direction. I started small. I like, I built my website like by myself. I hustled. I was like, I, you know, reached out to random people on LinkedIn. Um, and this has been a kind of go-getter attitude that I've had. Like I reached out to people for a free blogging trip. I reached out to people like, you know, on Instagram to see if they want a free pair of leggings. Like I am just like, do what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, What's the worst thing that can happen? I I lose all my money. I have no uh, income and I have to like move back to Australia and live with my parents for a little bit, (laughs) which is like, I will never do that. So I know, (laughs) (laughs) I know that I have to succeed and people may look at my journey now and be like, oh, wow, she has it all together. She's living in Bali. She manifested her husband. Um, she has, you know, multiple businesses, but they don't see the times that it failed. Like I have had business partnerships. My first marketing agency was with a business partner and I had to leave and end it because it, what we had set up was not in alignment with my values. 
So, and I didn't feel like I was getting a fair end of the deal. So I had to leave, but some people would look at that as a failure, but I would look at that saying like, I had to stay in my own integrity and maybe it wasn't the right timing for that type of partnership. Um, Similarly, when I got to London, I took a a, a six month contract um, and I was heading up on like a a startup um, app that was kind of like yoga teachers, like Uber for yoga teachers. So like we would send yoga teachers everywhere. Um, and I got made redundant after submitting a 12 month strategy. And that would be looked at like as a failure. Like you got to London, like you said, you're going to do big things. And then like, you know, my, the first job I got, I got made redundant. So there has been many like failures, many like, um, setbacks um but I love to look at the silver linings of all of those different setbacks like what did you learn from that situation what are you going to move forward with what are you going to leave behind and so it's this continual like metamorphosis of like the snakes the snake and the snake skin being shedding after every time so yeah the the motto I have is like you're never too late to start over you're never too old to learn something new and if you and you have the power to change your life, um, you just have to want it really bad. And if you don't want it and you're comfortable where you are, then stay where you are. I know my I can't live in my body if it feels uncomfortable. If something feels off, like in my gut, in my intuition, I, I can't stay in that place or in that relationship or in that uh, job because I my body's like, mm, like squirming like you can't like I and because you live in this body and you're so connected with all like the breath work and the yoga and the movement you're like so in deep into your body you can't ignore what when it tells you messages so like you have to listen to the messages you have to take action because your body if you're if you stop taking action from the messages that your body gives you the body will become quieter and quieter and quieter and you may turn around and be like oh I had no idea that my body was giving me these messages and I I like all of a sudden am sick or I have this thing in my body or I have like a reaction or you know and that's not all of a sudden you're allergic to milk or something that's something that your body was telling you for so long but you chose not to take action so listen to your body she knows the way Oh my God, I love that so much. And I love that you bring up, you know, the failures as well, because I have a strong belief there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And I know I, you mentioned a few, but was is there anything that stands out to you that you're like, okay, in the moment, you're like, oh my God, this is either maybe the worst thing that happened to me, or this is just, you know, I feel like such a failure. And then in hindsight, it ends up being that thing that set you up for success or that you know, in hindsight, it's like the best thing that ever happened to you. Is there a situation in your life that you can recall that, you know, you had that experience? Yeah, well, I I guess like the most recent one is was selling Silu and stepping down as the CEO. So I'm still shareholder, like a minority shareholder. So I'm still like part of the team, but I don't actively work in the business anymore. And when you strive your whole life to like, be on the top of the corporate ladder or like be the like the power woman or I don't know, be like super successful when you step away as like 
the head of a company and the CEO to follow your dream of like body-based healing and business coaching that's like aligned with your chakras, I think there was a lot of identity that I had to like let go of. Like you don't need to be the CEO of some of a big company to be successful. Um, and as soon as I stepped away and I stepped down, I had the, I made the most money I'd ever had in my first month of my own business, like ever, like, and it, that was just like a little gift from the universe saying you listened and you let go and here's your, your reward. And that has been the most recent, um, like confirmation of like, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. Keep taking these leaps and keep listening to your body. Cause I knew for, for a long time that um, making more leggings was not going to light me up, but mm. I didn't know a way out. I didn't know how that would look. And, you know, the gift of, there was many chain reaction things that happened uh, for me to make those decisions. But um, yeah, I'm just so happy that I listened to my heart instead of my head. Oh, yes. And we have a similar story on that, which is taking that big leap and then having a big reward. So we talked about it in our episode together on your podcast, but bigger the leap, bigger the reward, baby, always. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's pivot again, which is to something that I'm so excited to talk to you about. So we've talked about this briefly, you know, off air, but this is around Sinking your cycle to your business. So all my guys listening, you know, listen up and take notes for, you know, maybe your sister or your girlfriend. Um, But for my ladies, you know, I've been really interested in this subject lately and it keeps coming up. I keep hearing about it. I keep seeing about it and I really want to take action on this. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast to share more about it. So, you know, can you talk to us about the importance of sinking your business to your cycle and how this how this changes your life you know how does this improve our lives why why should women do this and why is it so important of course so I mean when you work full-time or even for yourself like we have been taught by the patriarchy that we should work hard eight hours every day and that's how you're going to find success And we go against our body as women. Like we don't have the same hormones every single day. Men, same hormones every single day of the month, every single day of the year. Like it is flatlining. Women, we have like this like roller coaster of of hormones that like go up and down and crash and like then steady out. Like there is no one day in the month that we are that same hormonal chemical makeup. So what does that mean? Our hormones control our emotions. Our hormones, like you have happy hormones, you have low hormones, and that's going to feed onto your energy and how you feel. So I've been using, like working with my cycle, with my business for probably the last seven years. Um, and it has really changed how I can perform in my business. So an example when you are ovulating, when you're up to like that cycle, that's uh, the second week of your cycle, um, your ovulation, this is like called your inner summer. And if you think about summer, you like, you want to be outside, you want to be in a bikini, you want to be in like the sunshine. um, You want to be out with friends, having drinks. Like this is the energy of summer. 
So in that week of my cycle, I'm booking podcast interviews. I am doing masterclasses. I am filming um, for the self-care space. You know, I'm doing all those outward things. I'm meeting up with friends. I'm planning like, you know, fun adventures. And then the next week, like literally the day after you ovulate, our hormones start to drop and like literally really like quite harsh. Like, and so that's why we can feel one day we wake up and we're just like, (laughs) I don't feel like doing anything. And like everyone annoys you and like little things like your coffee order getting wrong annoys you. And we are told, you know, by men like oh you're moody and oh like you know oh, is your period coming and like all of those like slapstick kind of labels but actually in our bodies our hormones have completely plummeted and we actually will feel different we have less dopamine we have less of the happy like the happy hormones um and we're prepare our bodies preparing either for pregnancy or to bleed And so in that week, like it's best not to do anything analytical with our brain because our brain's going to feel low. We're going to have less focus. We're going to feel distracted. And also our um, metabolism, we need more food. So in that week, I really let myself like, I'm going to have seconds. I'm going to have extra snack. I'm going to like go with the flow of my cycle and I also like say a, a no a lot more. Like, I'm, no, I don't want to come to dinner. No, I don't want to do this. I also change my exercise um, schedule. So like I'm not doing high intensity or like crazy, like a lot of energy workouts. And and so it's, it's not only just in your business. Like I look business, food, um, exercise, outings. You'll probably feel, you know, uh, less sexy. And so, you know, your uh, libido may drop as well. So there's loads of things that are happening that if you can sync it up with what's in your business, you're going to be more more successful in that time. And then when it comes to your inner winter phase, when you're actually, you're having your bleed and you're on your period, like that time is for rest. Like you need to like go into the moon cave, like that's saying no to everything and literally listening to your body. And, you know, we're all different human beings. We're all different, going to have different cycles. But normally what that means is like you want to like have a Netflix day or like have some more grounding, warming foods, um, cancel what you have in your schedule. I actually look at my diary and like map out my inner spring, my inner summer, my inner winter um, my inner autumn. And I know that that week is my period week. So I don't have anything for those weeks. And when I get there, if I'm like, Oh, I, I'm, I feel like I can record some meditations then I'll do that. Um, or I, I feel like, you know, I'm, it's very body based. And then once you, once I stop bleeding, my hormones start rising back up again, the estrogen starts coming and you're like, Oh, I feel good. And so I might have more coaching clients that week. Um, I might have more outgoing, you know, you're building up that energy, you're building up um, the the momentum again. So I also feel you, you after you bleed, you feel slimmer. So maybe you want to do a photo shoot going up to your ovulation again, your, your face is going to be more symmetrical. So you're going to feel more confident than, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but 
your your skin and your hair is like better around your ovulation. So you're going to feel more amazing, feel more confident. So if you're still in a full-time job, maybe that's when you book in interviews or you like apply for things, like doing things that are out of your comfort zone, you're going to feel more confident around that time of the month. So I hope that gives you a little insight into like your emotions and also having more space around those times. So like your inner autumn and inner winter, because where our mood is dropping, like the hormones are dropping, we're going to be more reactive because our, our tether is shorter. So if you can explain to your partner or your roommate, or, you know, I mean, my luteal phase, it means that I actually just need more space. You actually just need to be with your emotions more and have that time for reflection and have a little bit more you time, self-care, like up the self-care um, so that you feel, you know, you feel supported because you're about to either become become pregnant or like on the journey of like making something or you're about to bleed. So that's a really time, a time for self-care and going in into your body and being a little bit more yeah, reflective so that you don't lash out because I think everyone's experienced like you're busy at work, you've booked your workout, you're seeing your girlfriend and then someone's like broken a plate or something and you're like, ah, like, you know, (laughs) but normally, normally you would have more space to process your emotions at other times in your month. And so it's like, okay, what can I do for myself this week? In this busy, busy, busy like time, like how can I set like clear my diary so that I can just be in this funky state and actually just focus on the self-care without having to do back-to-back coaching meetings, back-to-back podcasts, back, you know, because that's gonna feel pressurized. And when you feel pressurized, you're gonna react faster and harder and not be your best highest self in that those times. Oh my god, yes. I feel like I need to reschedule my photo shoot next week and do a week that I'm ovulating. <laughs> Sorry guys, can't meet next week. I'm not ovulating. Like seriously. Um, Phoebe, how do you how do we track this? Do you use an app? Do you use how do you track your when your inner spring and autumn is? Yeah. So there are like a, a, a average days, like say the first day of your cycle is number one, is day one of your bleed. So you can track this by writing like in a book, like a period book. You can use apps, but apps are going to be a robot estimation of when you might ovulate. So when I look at my app and it says like, oh, you're ovulating usually around 13, 14, day 15 or 16, depending on how length your cycle is, what my app says is not actually what, like what, when I ovulate. So there's, I'm not as an expert on this, but there's ways you can track via your discharge that it changes over the different days. So at, when you're ovulating, it changes color and consistency. Um, and then there's also like, if you really, really, really like, and this is getting into the side of like planning for a baby is that you can check when you're ovulating um, by using ovulation strips in your pee and also by the temperature. So I know some of the apps these days do use a temperature to help um, put put together because your your base body temperature is going to rise when you're ovulating. So if you're 36.5, like all throughout the month, and then the morning you take a mem- uh, your uh, temperature and you're 37 or 37.2, you're probably going to be ovulating. 
So there, there's lots of different ways. There's a combination. You could do all of those. But tracking, like writing down is a great way to like track from day one of your bleed, um, emotions, food, um, discharge, um, and, and, your, and your temperature. But that's like getting into like more, yeah, health and wellness, which is I'm not an expert in, but that's what I've been taught over the years of different using different um, methods. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I personally use an app right now just to track, you know, my cycle, but some of my friends will also get a, um, a thermometer that they just take every single morning and then they'll add it to their app. And I think that I've heard, yeah, that's more accurate, which sounds great. So that's something so easy that I really think it sounds like all women should be doing this. Like there's no reason why we shouldn't be. (laughs) There really isn't. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. That's so powerful. And I hope that everyone, you know, is inspired to take it. It even is like, it's definitely empowering. You know, you're empowered. It's your body. And as women, we can make it work even more for us. You know, I used to do hit training, you know, like F45 every single day, 45 minutes a day. And I would notice like during some periods, it was so much more harder for me. And I literally didn't even realize or put together the fact that, oh, I shouldn't be doing hit workout freaking 30 days out of the month. Like, what are you even doing? Um, so I've definitely noticed, you know, just listening to my body more, honoring it more. is also even how I got my period back. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> So thank you for sharing that. And I'm so excited. I'm so, you know, for me, this is something I'm just dipping my toes into. And I hope it's the journey for many people to open that door for them. Um, Okay, as we wrap up here, I just have one more question for you. So I I love asking my guests this. What is a question that you wish more people asked you? This is a hard one. And I'm like, I feel like we we talked about lots of different things. And um, I mean, go linking the, the, the period stuff and like managing your cycle inside the self-care space. I've actually filled, had a filter where you can be like in a spring and it'll have all of like the yoga flow, breath works or like the yin therapy. That's for that time of the month or like in a winter and it's more like period stretches or period like yin for periods and um, different things. So that's like a little, you know, not deep and meaningful what, what you should have asked, <laughs> but it's also just linking wow. that sometimes we don't know how to best support ourselves. And so that has a little kind of um, suggestions of how to support your inner spring and inner summer and um, all the different oh, phases that. of you. Okay. I have a more fun question. Out of all the countries that you've been to, I mean, I know it's over 30 now. What 66. Was, 66. Okay. Out of 66 countries, top three. Okay. Ooh, this is hard. I mean, Bali is my soul home. So, like, it's it's where I live. I've come here so many times. So, it, Bali has to be my, like, it, it's why I live here. No, I love it. Um, I would say in terms of experiences, this um, hiking the Machu Picchu in Peru is up there with like my top experiences of like the things that I've done. Um, the the energy of Peru, the people, the, yeah, I'm very based on like energy. Mm-hmm. And then 
it's so hard like I have so much I like <laughs> Greece, Greek islands for the for the beaches like I'm a beach girl I'm Australian girl so I always will go back to Greece for the beaches and sailing around Greece is just like one of the best things that you could ever do um I could go on like the energy in cities are amazing but I know I need to be connected to nature so I'm always choosing a nature-based exploration but yeah Bali Peru and Greek islands for sailing oh my god those are amazing I'm so excited because I'm in the process right now, as you know, like potentially doing a little bit more traveling this year. So I'm like, I need all the tips. Where do I go? I'm so excited. Um, Well, thank you so much, Phoebe, for blessing us with your wisdom over this past 50 minutes. We are so grateful. And so I know everyone's going to be like, okay, we need to follow Phoebe, you know, get all like the obviously the beautiful Bali photos and more from your wisdom. So where can everyone find you? Um, online amazing so it's um phoebegreenacre.com my website everything is there um and then also phoebe greenacre on instagram it's the same so and then all the links to all the other bits and pieces are all in my instagram bio okay amazing i will link those all up in the bio and we actually just did a podcast swap so i'll link um, phoebe's podcast as well um, so you can check out that episode. Well, thank you so much, Phoebe. This has been so delightful. I'm so honored and just grateful for your time today. So thank you so much. And we'll chat again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Marley. It's been a pleasure. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. bye. Hey, hey, hey. Before you go, would you love a free money hypnosis? You guys, This is what I listen to every single night to rewire my subconscious mind so I can manifest the money that I desire. It is absolutely game-changing if you've heard me talk anything about subconscious mind and anything along the realms of healing your subconscious mind to help align you and attract money into your life. Hypnotherapy is the way. It actually heals and rewires your subconscious mind to make it believe and truly allow it to believe that you deserve the money that you desire. So if you want this free money hypnosis, all you have to do is leave us a review, you know, honest review, how you're feeling about the show, take a screenshot right away and then send it to hello at marleyrose.ca and we will send you this free hypnosis. You guys, it's going to be absolutely game-changing. It's how all my clients have manifested all of their massive goals in their business and in their life. Okay, thanks so much, you guys. I hope it's a great tool for you to use in manifesting all the money that you desire. Lots of love. Mwah!